Hi folks, um, we have at least one warning for this week because we're probably going to talk about chicken violence. Yes. Yes. Injury to chicken. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, thinking of chickens, we have animals around the house. Yes. Around the yard. Uh, chickens, dogs, cats, they will interrupt. The dogs can be quite loud about it. The cats can be quite pushy about it. And so, you know, just be warned. Oh, hey, there goes a dog now. Cat. Cat, okay. Yeah. And as a final warning, because of said animals, we often swear a lot. Oh, God, yes. Usually when they're trying to knock something over. Or, yeah, not often. At, well, we swear at the cats. We swear about the dogs, I want to say sometimes. Yes, we would never swear at the dogs. The dogs are sensitive. The cats do yeah. not give a shit. None whatsoever. Uh, so, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 198. Wow. In there. Wow. So, for those of you who, uh, who may have been celebrating, it is the week of, um, well, uh, May the 4th be with you. Yes. And uh, Revenge of the 5th. Yes. And this is the May. Had you not heard that one yet? I missed that one. Oh, yeah, that's a new one this year. <sighs> yeah. uh, Star Wars Day was yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on, on the 5th, which is also Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you celebrate that, like, for real and not just at Cinco de Mayo, let's have tacos and get wasted. I, I don't think it's actually a huge thing in Mexico from what actually, I've heard. It depends on the region. That's it's probably very true. regional. Yes. Um, because it does commemorate the uh, Mexican defeating, I think it was the British, and essentially saving our ass. Oh, well, you know. Yeah. Another um, thing I was not taught in. in no, no, I had, to, I had yes. to research that myself. Yes. I, I, I looked myself. it up uh, one day when I was working at the art supply store, and uh, it was. Cinco de Mayo, and so they had switched to the background music to an all salsa station. Okay. For the day. And, I'm so sorry. Yes, and people would come in, and I, trying to amuse myself as I often did, started offering people discounts if they could tell me what Cinco de Mayo celebrated. And a lot of people get it wrong because they say it's Mexican Independence Day, and it's not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. So, yeah. Um, this week I discovered a new productivity, sort of a self-productivity hack. That's wonderful. Yes, it has been. Um, and that is co-working streams on Twitch, uh, where you sit down... Like a group of people on Twitch with the, the streamer, of course, being the, the primary driver for it. And you do uh, work sprints or palms if you're doing Pomodoro. Uh, and they're like, okay, we're going to go 50 minutes. If you want to put yourself on the accountability board to say, you know, what you're doing, uh, we can talk about that after. But otherwise, you know, we're going to start. And... Then after you sort of, there's like a 10-minute break, and you, you know, get water, stretch, and, you know, say, did you get your, what did you get done, what didn't you get done, sort of thing. It's a, actually really helpful for me. Uh, the two that I like so far that I have experienced, one is Enceladosaurus's, and I'm putting a link to these. I'm not good, good. going to, to spell them. Um, 
who does um, not every day, uh, but does them on the regular. Uh, she is absolutely fantastic. And uh, today, uh, Case Alexander, who does them only on Wednesdays. Uh, so I was on Case's stream today uh, doing them. It's actually really nice. It's like having having some accountability. Having It's like having accountability buddies without actually having to have accountability buddies, as it were. Right, right. Yeah. This is a technique that uh, uh, people uh, certainly have uh, used frequently who have ADD and whatnot because it's much easier to not get distracted when there is someone there because you don't want them to, like, think less of you for getting up and wandering around and, and tweeting and whatnot. So, uh, like, Liz and I were doing that for a, a while. We would yeah. be like, I'm going to go work at the table. Do you want to get some work done? And we would, you know, yeah, work and at each other. I found it really good. Like, today uh, I was doing a practice called backlog grooming. We have, and I think almost all tech companies have this, an immense number of... Uh, issues that have been filed that were sort of like there were some comments and then more issues were filed and took higher priority. And so all these things fell into the backlog. It's gigantic. And I think there's, there's several of us now who are just sort of like, we have to fix this and are going through. And like today I went through and found a whole bunch of tickets that were like two years old, no longer applicable. I was like, I am closing this because it is old. It is no longer accurate you know, actionable. It was fixed three or four months ago with this other work stream thing. If I'm wrong, reopen it. Um, grooming that backlog of, of issues so that we can reach a point where we can actually sort of see what needs to be done right? and not the giant pile. And it was really helpful for that because it was basically saying, here's an hour. Case does hers in an hour with 15, with a 15 minute break. Um, but here is a, an hour where I can say I am going to focus on this one thing and I managed to do it for we'll call it two and a half out of three of these sprints. Um, Case is plotting a new novel so each hour was spent basically doing uh, character work um, which is also fascinating and I, I commented in I say so I guess today is post-it notes and whiteboard day unless you're process has changed since I interviewed you several years ago and cases like no no it's it's basically the same yeah <laughs> hey, look at my stack of my rainbow colored stack of post-it notes each of these is a character I'm like and then it was yes there are nine main characters why do I hate myself <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's actually really handy and there are several different ones running these the two I recommended that are or that, that I've been using that are linked in the show notes are are the ones I like. Uh, and they've been really useful. So I, I know lots of writers do, you know, word wars and writing sprints and things <laughs> like that, which is the, the very similar yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even I have bad brain days and need help focusing. Oh, yeah. Um, and Lord knows there's been a lot of crap going on. We, we've we've yeah. had kind of a, a rough week. Yeah, and we can we can start with I have had excessive insomnia and restless leg the past several nights. Yeah. And I'm sort of trying to work out what have I done to cause this um, and working through it. Uh, I mean, I fully expect I'm going to have to go to my GP and say, I, I need the terror. I need the meds that are supposed to have the terrible side effects because I 
I need to sleep. Unless the side effect is death, it's going to be better than this. Yeah, yeah then three and a half hours of sleep. Right. Four hours of sleep. Um, and, and three hours of twitching. Yeah. And three hours of twitching, yeah. Whoop, orange cat has decided Sergey needs to go. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Hi, sweetie. You've been fed. I don't know why you're all... So, anyway. Kevin is, is certainly yeah. not operating at full capacity, and then Ernie the dog had a stroke, which... We think. We, it, it seems to be... the it, And not a big one. No. And he's, like, recovering pretty well, but he's he's sleeping a lot, and he he's... You know, sort of uh, likes he's, to use the getting, wall as a as a crutch. But he's getting better at going up and down stairs again, which I think yeah. is really really a big step. Yeah, no, and and he's he's recovering very well. Yes. you know, and uh, with dogs, I mean, there's uh, what are you going to do? There's not really much no. to you know. You go to the vet, and the vet says, "Well, do yep. your best." That's that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so he's uh, and he's recovering pretty well, mm -hmm. and um, like it just he's not in any pain. It has not, I think, significantly affected his quality of life, which no. always involved eating and sleeping a lot um, because he's a <laughs> right? hound. Yes. Particularly, he's an elderly hound, mm -hmm. so you know. Yeah. And then yesterday... Oh, my God, yesterday. Yeah, Kevin... Uh, it, we had just finished watching The Bad Batch. Yeah. The new, the new the bad, show. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, Kevin says, I hear chicken distress and leaps to his feet like they shined the chicken signal over Gotham <laughs> and runs out to discover that one of the hens had not gone in to the coop and a raccoon had uh, Look, mauled her. And... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's surface wounds, to, to quote Shepard, as long as there aren't any organs hanging out, she will probably recover. Yeah, here's the thing. Chickens heal terrifyingly. Oh my God, it is ridiculous. Like, like they are dinosaurs. Yeah. And and if they get if they get a cold, they die. Like yeah. chickens get sick. Yeah, yeah. They get a fungal infection. They drop dead. It's yeah. it's once you know the chicken is sick, the chicken is dead. Uh, but injury, they'll come. Like a human would. I mean, this is this is like a human taking a spill off a motorcycle while wearing a t-shirt and oh getting road rash down their entire back kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it is, it is, I'm not going to lie, it was horrifying. It's still fairly horrifying. Um, but the chicken, if she doesn't have any internal injuries, is going to shake this off. She's going to grow skin back. Yeah, she's going to grow skin back. She's And then feathers. in a year, she'll have feathers and she'll molt out and have feathers there. It's... Like uh, it's crazy. Part of her back will probably look sort of like like you know uh, the crypt keeper, but <laughs> uh, she'll live through it, and it will not even affect her terribly much. Right. Like, yeah, no. Right now, she's in what I what I call chicken hospital or the chicken ICU. I, I took the the bin we would use for for hatchlings, the brooder bin, and just a giant Tupperware bin. Yeah, with a lid that I've cut a hole in with for for airflow and, yeah. and mesh. So yeah, and put in water and her favorite treats mixed with pellets, and she's just like been sitting there all chill all day. Like my treats are getting low. If she had a little bell, she would ring it. Yes, probably. But, uh, and I gave her antibiotics. We have veterinary antibiotics for this. Um, 
And that, we, we put uh, Goop on, which uh, the magic blue gunk, uh, this is Hen Healer is Hen the name Healer, of it. yes. And it's basically, uh, it, it feels like a sort of polymerized... Yeah. Uh, You're just like, this is gross and sticky. Yeah, it's but it's it's this gunk. It's this blue gunk, and you wipe it into their wound. Normally a much smaller wound, um, but... Uh, or you can, you know, spray blue coat or whatever. And would you leave him alone, Orange? The he's allowed to sit in his in his tower of solitude. I I have to admit, um, and and uh, let me point out, I did internships at a veterinary yeah, clinic. I yeah. worked at a vet clinic for a while. I this is not a a I this does not bother me at all uh, on a, <laughs> a I'm not going to puke level, but it it was certainly shocking, but it's more shocking that chickens just like recover from this to shake it off yeah and it's so there we have every expectation that the hen will be fine um it was just there's a certain degree of panic which i'm sure kevin was feeling i I believe exactly what i did was i ran in the house holding this chicken going ursula garage now yeah i just heard that and i of course leapt to my feet and and you know, I can because the other thing is now I've got a, a wounded chicken, and the hounds understand that chicken is food. Yeah, which you know was a thing, and she was screaming, and then she sort of saw me, and I picked her up, and she was like, "Everything's going to be okay now." Yes, the the, she, yeah. the rooster has arrived. The human rooster has arrived, <laughs> uh, and we'll take care of things. But yeah, yeah, it was it was you know that's. It's been a rough week, just even though everyone is recovering and fine, that is a lot to pile on top of, of you is. know, yeah. the usual, oh yeah, we live in a global pandemic stress. Yeah. So I mean, on the flip side, we are two days away from... Fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Yes, yep. yes indeed. The, the two weeks since our second vaccine. Uh, so that's, you know, a positive. Um, work's going great. Um, I got my annual review, which was full of praise and a little extra money, which is always nice. Woo! Um, I am proud of you. Yes. And, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the bulk of it. Um, I, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Sure. Um, so you remember our friend, uh, the marshmallow lady? Yes. 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 Uh, I got a letter from the marshmallow lady. I'm not going to read it on air next week because it's, it's a little long, but one of the things that happened was, uh, her therapist was like, if you're so miserable, why don't you teach the thing you like teaching instead of doing this day job you hate? And she was like, that's a thing I can do. And I was reminded of a story that, uh, one of the, the people, uh, Rob Bell, uh, I used to watch and listen to a lot, told about how he was, uh, when he was leading this fast-growing church, was like, I have all this to do and I'm so stressed out, and this, that, and the other. And his friend who he's telling this to across the table looks at him and goes, you don't have to live like that. And he's like, well, no, but we've got this coming up and that. And it's, you don't have to live like that. And I wanted to take a moment to remind all of you, all of you, just... You don't have to live like that. I mean, there are circumstances and... Unless you have small children, in which case you're stuck with them till they grow up. Well, yeah, you are kind of stuck with the small children. But (laughs) if, you know, 
there is a lot, and I understand there is a lot that will keep people stuck in jobs. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, but you can look at the rest of your life and say to yourself, I don't have to live like this. I don't. You know, um, and do what you can to make your personal quality of life better. And it's hard. I'm oh, not yeah. saying it's easy. I remember um, uh, uh, Neil Gaiman said something similar once, yeah. which was uh, he said that he realized one day he had stopped becoming a person who wrote books. He had become a person who answered email. Right. And he was like, I can't do this anymore yeah. because all I do is answer email. And uh, so he basically, I think, gave up answering email. And uh, I don't know how that worked. I believe he may have hired a personal assistant, I he, he has which a is personal not assistant, actually yeah. an option for 99% of us. No. But uh, the, you know. Yeah, but I, I use a very curated over the last year or so complicated set of rules that basically filter the I need to pay attention to this from the if I have to go into this folder and mark it all red you know every other day because I just can't keep up with it who cares yeah you know and that's I mean that's but those those are the little sort of quality improvements you can make you can you, it is okay to write a template a form letter reply to things and copy and paste it <laughs> I, you know. I I have a I actually have a block of text that I I can I call the boilerplate for whenever I'm talking to somebody about coming on the show. Just like here's what you need to know. Paste. Yeah. You know. Um, and it's you know, or there are things that have templates so that you can just go click click, and it it feels impersonal the first couple times you do it, but when you do it like six times in a day, you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? So you know, yeah. yeah uh... Obviously, for a lot of us, it is hard because, mm -hmm. you know, we, there are other things, other factors in play relying on us and we do not feel we can, you know, jump yeah. ship from them. But yeah. sometimes but, you, you don't have to live like that. And I mean, it's, it's actually becoming uh, very evident uh, in the U.S. job market right now where people are complaining about why can't, why aren't people coming in for all of these jobs we have open? Well, they found better jobs. Yeah. Or these, they, yeah. or they realize this job is absolute shit. Why yeah. would they? Yeah. You know, it's like the, uh, yeah, I, I am so angry and could rant for <laughs> ages about the, you know, okay, these are jobs that only teenagers should have. Oh, you should go get a real job. Well, they either, well, they did. Yeah. So, and now who's working at McDonald's? Nobody. So maybe, you know, quit you, bitching. Or maybe improve the conditions for working. Right. At... Maybe if you offered them more money, people would want to work there. Yeah. Uh, like it's... there was this, this breathless article and oh, I don't so many know, of those recently, probably Forbes, the New York times or something like this ice cream shop in New York couldn't get anyone to work there. So they doubled their wages and suddenly had thousands of applications and they were presenting it like it was the most astonishing story anyone had ever imagined. And it was like, do you just pay these these article writers to be professionally disingenuous? Right. You know? I know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So I have an interview this week. Yes, you do have an interview. And I actually had a really good time with this one. Uh, thinking of someone who's actually 
living the dream as it were. Uh, we talked to Nora two weeks ago, and this week I had a chance to sit down with Danny Bruflot, who operates uh, a planner making company. <laughs> No, it was it was a great. Discussion. No, no, I, I I'm not laughing at at his job. I'm just, of course, her, she, the, her job. It's it's the living yeah. the dream part. And of no, course it's a no. planner company. No, she she literally she left her other career to do this because one, it was she had been using it. Other people were finding it useful, and so now it's she consults and she helps people professionally with this. At uh, time is honey. T H Y M E is honey, and we'll talk about we'll, we'll have links and stuff like that uh, after this interview, which is coming up right after this. Here today with Danny Bruflot, and she has graciously agreed to talk to us about how she stays productive. And so, Danny, can you like do a better introduction than I just <laughs> did and tell us what you do? Yes. Well, as Kevin said, my name is Danny, and I'm the creator of the Daily Page Planner, which is an innovative, holistic approach to planning that helps you align both your work and your wellness in one place. Um, it's available as a spiral bomb planner, a notepad, an instant download, and also an interactive digital planner. And I sell it online, recently had my 18,000th sale, and I've built a supportive network online kind of surrounding the planner. So that involves a blog, a podcast, a private Facebook group, and then educational social media content. And so I think along with telling you all that, you kind of understand that I'm <laughs> A shop owner, a designer, a marketer, a social media strategist, um, kind of wearing all the hats. But entrepreneurship, I guess you can ball it all up into that. Yeah. Um, so you have your own planner page. You have the, the system. I'm going to guess that when I ask this next question, I know what the answer is going to be. Um, how do you stay productive? Well, I will throw you a curveball because I think that this is really interesting, actually, because we are at this kind of precipice right now with mm -hmm. where digital planning and paper planning are kind of converging. And we have all of these amazing resources at our fingertips with Asana and Trello and Google Calendar and iCalendar and all of these things that are meant to make us more product productive and make us more organized. But I don't think I'm alone in saying that sometimes those things make me feel more scattered and more overwhelmed and almost put me in a state of um, not doing anything because I don't know where to start. And so what I have found really helpful is kind of what I look at as like a hybrid of the two things. And I have found a way to make digital planning and task management kind of converge with paper planning in a way that really, really works for me. And I just really believe that paper planning doesn't have to compete with digital planning or task management. If you have a good planner, it should complement those services. And so, yes, of course, I use my product, which is the Daily Page Planner, and I've used it for over a decade now. So it's a right. system that I very much believe in. 
And then on top of that, I use Google Calendar, like I think most of us do. And then my favorite planning and task management program is Microsoft To Do, which was previously called Wonderlist. And then Microsoft bought it and took it over. But that's what I use for tracking projects, recurring tasks and like reminders, and then Google Calendar for events and meetings. And I've kind of found a way to combine those with the paper planner to maximize my productivity throughout the day. I, as someone who also has a paper planner that is sort of being uh, hybridized with my, my digital like calendar, because all my work stuff's on calendar and, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, the Google calendar, we used to schedule this and all that stuff. Um, I I can appreciate that, right? Because you, you, you have to exist kind of in both worlds. You can't ignore one for the other uh, anymore. Um, Microsoft to I think you are the first person I have talked to who is like, I use Microsoft to do, and that is my primary, which I think is awesome because I think it's a great product. Yeah, I love it. My husband and I both use it. We really like like the collaborative features and I just like it because it's simple, but it can be as powerful as you want it to be. So like it can literally just be this like moving to do list, but you can also, you know, add attachments and make notes on it and assign it to people. So it's like as simple as you need or as complex as you need. Then I really love just the simple interface of it. Oh, hold on for one second. Sergey, Sergey, leave the recording equipment alone. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah, no, he, he, we actually do a warning at the beginning that says, Hey, animals happen. So it's cool. (laughs) Um, People actually expect to hear yell well maybe not yell but you know complain at at least the cat if not the dogs losing their minds Uh, (laughs) so back on track back on track um so what systems and habits go with that yeah so i have a few my Mm -hmm. first is that in the morning when i'm starting my day i first open up Google Calendar and to do those two digital services that I rely on. And Mm -hmm. I sit down with the daily page and I have those programs open and I parse out the information that I need. So any appointments or events or meetings that are going on during the day, go on to the daily page. And then any tasks or projects that I'm working on that day, come out of to do and land on the daily page. And then I close out of those services. And my goal is always to stay out of them all day and not be in there nitpicking and moving things around. So I close out of them so that they aren't distracting me. And then to kind of round that whole system out, at the end of the day, I open them back up and reconcile everything. So update the tasks that I completed, all of that, add any new events or meetings that got added to my schedule, put them into Google Calendar. And then what I do is I start filling out the page for the next day. And so not very in-depth, not very detailed, but just a few things. So maybe the most important task I need to tackle, something that I'm looking forward to completing if I get everything else done, what I'm planning to eat for breakfast, just a few things to like get on the page. And what I find is that this really helps ease my anxiety through the evening so that I am more present and enjoy my evening more. I fall asleep much faster and sleep better. And the next morning when my alarm goes off, I kind of have a rough idea what's coming and what I need to accomplish and what I have to look forward to. And it just helps me really wake up feeling much more motivated. So that's kind of my process surrounding the daily page and um, the system that I use. I call it the daily page system. And then the other habit that for me is um, very impactful for my overall productivity is what I call morning water. And I'm also as passionate as I am about productivity and planning. I'm equally as passionate about hydration. And they really go hand in hand, obviously, because 
hydration is so important to your mental function. And so I have a morning ritual where I try to drink morning water within 20 minutes of waking up. And this can just be a glass of water. A lot of people just like it plain. I add a little bit of sea salt, a little bit of lemon, and then chia seeds, which helps infuse it with just natural electrolytes, vitamins, minerals, and a little bit of fiber, which helps Uh your body just absorb it and really like pull it down to the cellular level or like your fascial tissue. And it can just really help with like waking up your brain, making sure you're firing in all cylinders, um, helps also move all of that cellular waste that your body was collecting while you were sleeping out of your body in, in the form of waste. So it kind of helps you start the day fresh and ready to go. And that's something I've done now for a couple of years and just like really love the way it helped me start the day. Yeah. And I notice you are uh, on the, the pages themselves, you are basically tracking or you have the it's sorry i'm phrasing this terribly <laughs> um you 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 have some very good um hydration trackers yeah uh, on the pages uh, both the daily and the weekly i believe so mm-hmm. um yes uh and i i like that not there's like always sort of a, a tough balance to strike between like kind of want to track my my daily water intake but I also have to have like space for appointments and tutus on the page. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you do you use like when you're actually going through the list and like getting to the getting things done? Are you using any like uh, time boxing or, or any other techniques, or is it just this is what I have to do today, and so we're just going to start and go? So I typically rely on. I guess I don't know if it's called the dose method, but that's what I call it. Um, But that stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, which is the little cocktail that your brain gets if you're Uh a neurotypical person for the most part. Um, You get a little hit of dose when you accomplish something. So when you check something off and even just filling in a checkbox can give you enough of dose that it helps you feel accomplished and motivates you to keep going. And so my best approach is picking three things to do in the morning that are relatively simple and low pressure and can be completed in like five minutes or less. And I do those. They're at the top of my list. I check them off and they kind of give me that hit of dose, which helps create a little bit of momentum to carry me into the rest of my day and maybe tasks that are a bit more complex. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people think that they should start their day with like the things that are like the most high pressure and the biggest priority, but that can, for a lot of people, lead to overwhelm and procrastination. And so I find this method to be much better for just like building that momentum and easing me into the day and getting me started off right. Yeah, the the get the quick wins, maybe, yep. you know, sort it's almost like stretching and warming up before doing the, the heavy duty stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other systems or habits or anything that are really important to you that you're kind of using on the regular? I guess I don't have a great answer for that. I feel like my my process is so simple and but works so well for me. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for so long that I feel like I have it pretty like down to the science and kind of what I outlined for you as like my daily page system is really roll every day. <laughs> and and yeah, and you've uh, actually already, I guess, basically answered, uh, or at least started to answer the next question, believe it or not, um, and which is, is typically, what does a typical day look like? And I think we, we know morning, 
we know exactly now. <laughs> get those get those wins, and then it's you know on with the appointments and whatever. Um, but what happens after that? Yeah, my daily routine, and I'm going to outline it um, before <laughs> pandemic, even though my day to day life has not changed drastically um, right, with the right. pandemic because I'm still just working from home in my bubble. Um, but yeah, the morning water, sitting down and filling out the daily page, getting to work. I'm also a very big walker and so and I have a dog. And so my morning usually involves a long like 45 to 60 minute walk around central Copenhagen down along the harbor. Um, and I love to use that time to listen to podcasts, but also a great time to just think. Sometimes I try to remind myself to pull those headphones out and just <laughs> listen to the city and listen to my own thoughts a little bit rather than um, podcasts so much. But that is when I usually listen to podcasts, try to learn something new, um, get back home, get to work. And I kind of block my day up between like a morning session and an afternoon session. And I'm also very much a morning person. So it's not unusual for me to be up by five and at my desk by seven after kind of my morning routine and morning walk. So I like to be done with work early in the day, usually by three, just to have time to kind of work on other things or go out and enjoy the city when it's not shut down. <laughs> but yeah, that's what my my typical day looks like. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. And then at night, of course, there's the or Maybe it's, it's before you do your shutdown is the, all right, let's look at what we've got going on tomorrow. Let's get some of that pre-done. Yep, kind of reconciling yeah. the page and mm -hmm. making some notes for the following day. Absolutely. Yeah. So that leads towards question number five. And we're, we're this is the home stretch now, although, you know, the, the last two were the, the, I'm putting this in air quotes because some people consider them this and some don't, but the, the fun mm -hmm. questions. Um but uh, what's the best advice you have been given or and or would give someone else? Yeah, so I think the thing that's had the biggest impact on me and been the most impactful has been learning that it's okay to be wrong and that it's okay to fail and mm -hmm. having that mindset shift of understanding that those are really opportunities to learn and to grow and I think once you really lean into that, you kind of stop living with this fear of failure or fear of being wrong. And you can kind of like anticipate those moments where you're going to be wrong or be, you know, not great at something or fail at something because you know you're going to come out of it having learned something. And I think it was just kind of in like the last five years that I really felt like I got this whole concept and <laughs> really like gave into the idea that like failure is okay being wrong is okay that that's when you learn the most in in life and in business and i think that has just been really powerful for me to be like more fearless in um what i'm doing and like i said life and business um just kind of removes that barrier and that fear that you kind of end up living with if you're constantly scared of failure and so i think it's just a matter of being comfortable and understanding that it's it's okay to say I I don't know the answer I was wrong about that and I've changed my mind <laughs> this all fell apart and didn't work at all and I should have tried something different and kind of assess what you did wrong and it's 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 a very hard lesson to learn right it is yeah you know you have to you have to the first thing you have to do is you have to step away from your ego and go mm -hmm. and and like take that humility of just like I was wrong. I can, yes. you know, it's it's very it's it took me a while to learn. 
Yeah, and I'm an Enneagram 8, and so we are kind of the protectors. We're very assertive and opinionated, and getting an 8 to become comfortable with admitting when they're wrong and changing their mind and being okay at failing is, I think, quite an obstacle, and I'm actually very proud of myself for (laughs) coming this far with the entire concept and kind of embracing it now where, I mean, you asked me what my favorite advice and feedback is, and that's what I came up with. So I think that says something about um, where I've come with being an Enneagram 8. So, And, and it actually segues very nicely into um, the sad but easy question, as many people call it. Um, or maybe I'm the only one I don't know. I, I like it. But, uh, um, the, uh, the, which is, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? And I'm guessing there's a before and after story here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's like right now, I definitely when I fail, I look at it as an opportunity for growth. And I I always give myself the space and time I need to process it. And sometimes that's five minutes. Sometimes it's a couple of days. But giving yourself that space to like feel crappy about what happened, I think is important and just to feel frustrated and upset about it. But then once I've processed it, I really like to kind of deconstruct it, do a postmortem, figure out what went wrong, what went right, what could have done been done better, um, really try to figure out where things went wrong in the whole process and what I can learn from it. I'm always trying to figure out, like, what can I learn from this so that I do better next time so I avoid this in the future? Um, just always looking at it as a learning opportunity. And I would say previous to kind of becoming a, a healthier eight and having better coping mechanisms for failure, it was kind of, I think, and for a lot of people can just be like a downward spiral. Like one thing goes wrong and then that flows over into something else in your life and something else. And then it also stops you from taking those risks again in the future. Whereas now I think I'm failure can become kind of like a muscle. The more you do it, the better you get at kind of bouncing back from it. And so I think you become more fearless and a bigger risk taker. And I can, I've definitely seen that in myself. So I think it's just been a matter of not kind of wallowing in what happened, but learning from what happened. Yeah, there's a, a whole concept uh, in uh, my field. I'm, I'm in technology, basically, mm-hmm. um, uh, called fail fast, yep. which, which also means fix fast. I mean, you have to be able to like roll back that, that change mm-hmm. didn't work. Things are going straight in the crapper. Okay, great. Let's roll that back and let's go f- figure out what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the size, age, and resiliency of a company, like th- there are a lot of companies that will absolutely positively will not embrace that um, because they're just uh, scared. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, whoever's in charge is scared that oh no, if we if we start having uh, frequent failures or whatever, uh, I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, I'm going to have to justify that. I'm going to lose my job. So they're so risk averse that mm-hmm. they 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 stagnate, right? Yeah. Which is which also means that the company does not move forward. There's no, um, like, you know, innovation anymore because you're so afraid of of doing the wrong thing that you can't even get to the right thing. Yes, I love that fail fast. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah, I learned it from a from a former manager who's like we we can't just sit here. We got to fail fast and figure this out. I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." Yeah, that that's awesome. Um so the nice thing about these two questions is there's sort of an opposite of failure. And that is success. Um 
So do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? So it's kind of a running joke that I'm historically bad at doing this. I'm very You're bad. Not at alone. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm awful at it. And it's funny because over the 10 years that I've been running my business, I've definitely had huge milestones and accomplishments that like now looking back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe, you know, I barely even told people about that. Um, and sometimes it makes me kind of sad because they were things that were, were worth making a fuss over and I just didn't. Um, but I do, I've learned the importance of, you know, taking time to pause and appreciate the accomplishment, even if it's just for myself, even if it means just, you know, doing something at home alone that helps me mark the occasion and put it down in my journal, put it down on my calendar so that it feels like a little token of appreciation, I guess, for myself. But, um, my husband and I have kind of gotten into a tradition, I guess, when one of us has a great day or accomplishes something, reaches a goal of just kind of having a very subtle happy hour, taking beers down to the harbor or something and always doing a cheers. But that's about it. That's as flashy as I get with my celebrations, I think. <laughs> Save it all up for, for when all of when everything's open again and just go out and have an amazing dinner to go. This is celebrating not just that we made it through the pandemic, but here's but all the success and flourishing we had in in the meantime. Yes, right? that's very yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're 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 sort of planning a little bit of a celebratory trip when we can finally travel again. Like, where do we want to go? Just just my wife and I, not for like a convention appearance or anything like that. Just where do we want to go? Just the two of us to to be like, let it all out. <laughs> well, maybe Copenhagen. <laughs> it's on the list. It really is. Um, but I, I think she wants, I think Rome and uh, a couple other places are just a little higher. I still want to go to Copenhagen. Um, I think my great, great, great grandfather is actually from Denmark. So, Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah, I think we're also looking forward to the end of the pandemic and being able mm -hmm. to celebrate it. I think our end will come a little um, slower than the U.S., but the end is in sight, and that feels good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels fantastic. Um, all right. That is actually all the questions. Awesome. Um, so... I am nothing if not efficient, so... Yeah, well, yeah, um, I was going to say. So tell us more about... The planner, like, where do we find more about you? Where do we find more about the planner? Um, do you have social media that we can, like, check out? Yeah, absolutely. And I also kind of realized that maybe somewhere in the beginning I should have created a little explanation of what it actually looks like. But it's a single-page <laughs> design. And like mm -hmm. Kevin and I kind of discussed, it aligns work and wellness. So it has space for your top three goals of the day, your to-do list, your schedule and events wellness and self-care goals, hydration, medication or supplement reminders, um, meal planning, notes and ideas, all kinds of things. And so it's just meant to kind of help you keep like the six fundamental areas of wellness prioritized alongside your work. And that kind of comes from like my belief that when we feel our best, we can do our best work. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's available in various different formats, including an interactive digital planner, which you can use on the iPad in GoodNotes or notability. And you can find it online at dailypageplanner.com. And that's kind of a site for product tutorials, but that will also link you over to my Etsy shop, which is where I primarily sell it. You can use the code alchemy for 10% off your order. And Sweet. you can also find me 
on Instagram and I have the handle daily page planner and that's kind of for all my planner and productivity content. And then you can find my kind of more personal account at time underscore is underscore honey. And that's a play on the phrase time is honey, but I spell it or time is money. Um, but I spell it with T-H-Y-M-E, like the herb. So you can find me there. And my personal account has a bit more like social justice work, life abroad, travel, just a kind of a combination of all of the things I love, including productivity and my products. But you can find everything pretty much if you go to dailypageplanner.com. It'll link you up to my podcast, my blog, all of that. Um. Realize there was one thing I forgot to warn you about, and I'm very sorry about dropping this side, sort of in your lap. But um, um, so we are rather uh, asking for people to support us directly through our Patreon or uh, Kofi or anything like that. We've recently been saying, "Hey, what is a charity you really care about that we can ask people to support as part of this?" Oh, wonderful. Um, I So through my business also, I have a program called Giving Back, and um, it's an alignment that I have with a couple different programs. And then I also have a personal pledge where I donate directly to people to help them pay their living expenses and bills through just a direct deposit. But wow. the two organizations that I work with are One Tree Planted. So for every order of my planner, I plant a tree through them. And then I also work with the, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget what it's called right now. Um, Boundary Waters. One second, can I just look this up quick? Sure. Look, people have, have had, listen to me, check with the UPS man while the dogs lose their minds and uh, and the guest is trying <laughs> to get my new kittens to appear on camera. So, yeah, no, do what you got to do. Yeah, I just kind of think of how the words were organized, but it's Save the Boundary Waters, which is an organization based back in my home state of Minnesota that's working to save the boundary waters up in northern Minnesota. Um, and so I donate to both of those, and you could pick each, either one, whichever one you feel more connected with, Kevin, if you are more into, like, water and nature or you want to plant some trees. Um, yeah, I'd love to see you donate to either one. We're going to – what I'm going to do is uh, after – after we're done with the interview portion of the show, I'm going to get people to support you with. Great. Because, you know, I, I think both are important and yeah. uh, um, and I love I, I love the idea behind both of them. So uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I found that planting trees is just a really great initiative, especially as somebody running a paper based business, because trees are or, I mean, paper is a renewable resource as long as we mm -hmm. replace it. And so. It's just been really great, and my customers also really love the initiative. Yeah, um, and as someone who lives sort of in in a wooded area in the woodlands and watching developments come in and just, like, clear everything and then put in, you know, just ornamental trees that aren't really good for anything else, uh, I really appreciate One Tree Planted. Yeah, they do um, great work, and they make it so simple also for small businesses to kind of align their purpose with them and make it really, really easy so it's not like another administrative nightmare that you have to tackle as a small business owner. It's just super simple to work with them. Right on. Yeah. Um, Danny, thank you so much. Thank you. This has just been absolutely fantastic. And, um, and for the people at home, we'll be right back after this.
And we are back. I had such a great time talking to Danny. So much fun. I know this interview was a little shorter this week, but that just shows the efficiency that Danny has going on uh, kind of in her daily life. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and please, please go use that coupon. Um, I really like the, the daily planner pages over at Time is Honey. And uh, I've, you know, I've, I've been experimenting a little bit, although I have to say the one that, uh, that uh, Reagan Earl and I have been collaborating on, like, this is what I really need. Okay, try this is a fantastic experience. We'll probably have more about that, but Danny's are really good. And so go check them out. Um, and use that code. Like I said, uh, use the code alchemy because you get a discount, right? Just for listeners, just for you. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Um, that's that. Um, and so the next step is to talk about our word for this week. And our badge code or word for this week is drink up all one word. You know, Danny has all of the hydration reminders and things on the page and it just made sense. Um, and I've been, I've been drinking more water even since before the interview, but I have been drinking more water, um, in general myself. So it just, it just seemed to work. You can find out about badge codes and, uh, how they work and the little spot to enter them on the website at productivityalchemy.com. And the other thing you'll find on productivityalchemy.com is a support us link. You don't have to click that. No, you do not. Because frankly, we're good. We're, we're good. fine. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give us money. If you want to give us money, we won't, you know, we won't like throw it back yeah. in your face because yeah. we're not like rude, but we're, we're actually good. Yeah. Uh, we would rather you give money to a charity. And what is our charity this I week? actually have two All right. uh, that Danny and I talked about that are very important to Danny. The first is um, savetheboundarywaters.org. Oh, excellent one. Yes. Yes. The Boundary Waters are an extraordinary place. Yeah. And um, up in Minnesota, and they are uh, constantly under threat with developers and this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah. It's and so... You know, and since Danny's from Minnesota, it's really important to her to preserve this beautiful, beautiful part of the country. It's one of the mm -hmm. few places in the U.S. where you will still get, you know, moose and great gray yeah. owls and really incredible yeah. things. Yes. And the other one is OneTreePlanted.org. Okay. Which um, is building, uh, is, is basically restoring forests. One tree at a time, one donation at a time. I am I am all for restoring yeah. forests and planting trees. She says having murdered about 5000 seedlings coming up in the middle of the garden because I live in a forest and the damn trees keep trying to grow right there. I, but this is a different ecosystem. This is a different that. ecosystem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, one of the things Danny talked about was how, you know, paper is you know, uses up trees and it's important to replenish them. As part of that. And the other thing is that if you go to uh, dailypageplanner.com or timeishoney.com, um, Danny has a, a sort of an accountability where here's all of the small direct giving things that she's done as part of it on the webpage and links to how she does that. That's and cool. I, I think it's just amazing. So it's all about giving back. And I am more than happy to support people who are giving back. Right? Um, Orange, how is it, Orange, you always hit the print screen button and take screenshots of my desktop? 
Like, I don't know. If I were to cover up that key, somehow you would still manage to step on it. She's she's uh, one of those those. Uh, uh, you don't have a key logger, so your workplace has hired little orange. To, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just take a screenshot to make sure I'm working for real. Yes. Um, it's just difficult because she doesn't tell time well, so she has no idea when you're right. Hours I are. mean, she's just like you're at the desk. You must be working. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I am, but I'm not. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. Um, Thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I, I do people, I don't even know if people share this on Instagram. If you do, great. If you don't, that's fine too. We, we aren't expecting it because we're not. So, yeah. no. Well, I mean, I am. I have oh, the whole thing. Are. I post okay. a new episode. It goes to Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn immediately. So, LinkedIn? Yeah, no, because I've, I've got a lot of professional listeners. I, uh, I, I believe you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just no. Yeah. See, I am secretly a professional when I'm not in f- with you. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's right. When I'm around, it's strictly amateur hour, baby. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening, and um, it's spring here, and our spirits are lifted. Even if I'm just sleep deprived and exhausted, I still feel kind of good. Uh, Certainly you know, a lot better than in the endless winter of of 2020. Yes. And so, you know what? Get out there and do your best to uh, stay productive. Whatever that entails. I mean, it, it differs. Yeah. Right now, Little Orange is cleaning her butt, and that is productivity. That is productivity. Yep.